turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, December the 12th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On December 12th, 2015, nearly 200 nations, they were meeting in Paris. They adopted the first global pact to fight climate change calling on the world to collectively cut and then eliminate greenhouse gas pollution, but imposing no sanctions on countries that didn't do so. Evidently, it was just a suggestion. Today in 1787, Pennsylvania became the second state to ratify the U.S. Constitution. Today in 1913, authorities in Florence, Italy, announced that the Mona Lisa had been stolen from the it had been stolen from the Louvre Museum in Paris in 1911. The Mona Lisa had been recovered. Today, in 1915, Frank Sinatra was born. His real name is Francis Albert Sinatra. Was in Hoboken, New Jersey. Today, in 1995, by three votes, the Senate killed a constitutional amendment giving Congress authority to outlaw flag burning and other forms of uh, desecration against old glory. Today in 2000, George W. Bush became president-elect as a divided U.S. Supreme Court reversed a state court decision for recounts in Florida's contested election. Associated Press's bias is on full display this morning. They, in reporting in 2020... They say, thousands of supporters of President Donald Trump gathered in Washington for rallies to back his desperate efforts to subvert the election that he lost to Joe Biden. You just want to believe every word that's written in the newspapers, don't you? Remember when people used to say, well, I know that's true. If somebody questioned, you'd say something and somebody would say, are you sure about that? Yeah, I read it in the newspaper. Boy, those days are gone forever and ever. Notice this morning, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but the California State Water Resources Control, SWRCB, are considering regulations next week, just days before Christmas. They're considering regulations next week that will allow toilet to tap reuse of water supplies. They're going to, um, they, they say they have the technology to treat the wastewater from your house, from the toilets in your house, and, and feed it back as drinking water to your house, thus toilet to tap. Man, maybe it's just me, but I don't know if I'm ready for that. I know they're trying to save the planet and, and, and the water, and I know California has a water uh, problem. I mean, they don't have enough water. But um, the article goes on. It's kind of lengthy, and I, I'm not going to share it with you, all of it with you. But the point of it is that the State Water Resources Control Board announced today, uh, this morning, that proposed regulations that will allow for water systems to add wastewater, 
that's been treated to levels meeting or exceeding all drinking water standards to their portable supplies, potable, excuse me, potable supplies. The process is known as direct potable reuse. They're calling it toilet to tap, (laughs) but uh, I don't know. Anyway, man, I don't know if I want to drink water in California if they do that or not. Maybe it's just the idea of it. I don't know. Anyway, enough of enough of that. The uh, Anthony Fauci is under fire again. He uh, was in uh, Great Britain, apparently. I don't know, somewhere. He was BBC was interviewing him. And uh, they were talking to him about a variety of things, uh, treating him like the celebrity that he wants to be and, and, and is, I guess, in some respects. But uh, they were talking to him about this uh, Katie Kay. She's a very influential, uh, one of the well-known um, anchor types in uh, in England, in Great Britain. And she was talking to him, and she said, um, she said, you're you're a Catholic, and he goes, yeah. And, and um, during this appearance on their channel, uh, the program he was on was is called Influential with KDK. They were walking and talking with the interview, and it looks like they're in a, I don't know, near a church or something. But Fauci pointed out a chapel where he and his wife were married in 1985. And Kay asked if he still attended church, and Fauci said no. And she said, you don't practice Catholicism anymore? And and he said no. He said the BBC host asked him why. And a number of, he said, there's a number of co- uh, complicated reasons. He said, first of all, I think my, my own spirit, spiritual ethics on life, I think, are enough to keep me going on the straight path. In other words, Fauci's saying that he doesn't need any outside beliefs, that he is kind of truth personified. I mean, that's what he's saying, really. He said, I, I don't need any teaching from any church, uh, including my own Catholic church. And he said, I have questions about organized the organi- organizational church. And uh, he said, you're very, uh, very well aware of that, he said to this K. And he said, I'm not against it. He said, I identify myself as a Catholic. I was raised, I was baptized, I was confirmed, I was married in the church. My children were baptized in the church. But as far as practicing it, it just seems almost like a pro forma thing that I don't really need to do. Um, boy, that, that, if you want a definition of secularism, I mean, he and Joe Biden are walking the same path hand in hand in regards, they are a Catholic, but they don't practice any of the beliefs of the Catholic. Why would you be a Catholic then? Well, because I was baptized a Catholic. That's part of the problem in our country today. We have people who profess Christianity but it doesn't even touch their lives in any significant way. Somebody posted on this on the BBC website, I noticed. A lot of people posted. This one person posted, said he'll, he'll cling to his lies forever rather than acknowledge he funded scientists' gain-of-function studies. Fauci, as director of the NIAID under the NIH-granted uh, funded 75 grants to three scientists, American professors Linda Safe, uh, James LaDuke, and, and uh, David Relman, whose studies were highlighted at a Wuhan uh, lab conference in May. 
titled Second China-U.S. Workshop on the Challenge of Emerging Infections, Laboratory Safety, Global Health Security. The first five sessions of the conference focused on gain-of-function research, gene editing, targeting, and delivery, and other novel biotechnology. And he doesn't need any guiding light in his life after all of this. I wonder, I just wonder if his arrogance, so stunning arrogance, is perhaps the reason that he was so wrong on so much of his science. I don't know, but it could be. It very well could be. Sometimes we ask ourselves, why why is school, public education, failing so miserably? And the answer is always lurking right around the corners of our mind because it's becoming so obvious. But I've just got to talk to you a little bit today about the public schools in Portland and an incident that happened in Seattle. It isn't just in these cities. It is endemic in the far-left leadership of public education. But let me talk to you a little bit about that today. Again, we've, we've got to go over this because it touches the lives of so many people in America through their children. And so many parents are not informed. They go along to get along. And I understand, I, I mean, it's tough to make it today. Things, you know, inflation has increased the price of things and income hasn't followed that for many. And I, I understand all that. I mean, I get that. We all feel that. But man, these guys in the schools are just ravaging the minds of our children. Portland, Seattle, kind of banner carriers for all of this. School staff at Oregon-based Portland Public Schools will now be required to consider a disruptive student's race, gender identity, and sexual orientation before they can discipline the child. And they are to discipline the child if the child does something wrong, and kids do. They are to look at the, the discipline or, or no discipline at all through this matrix, through this lens of their race, their gender identity, not actually their gender, but just how they identify, and sexual orientation before they even discipline them. It's a new collective bargaining agreement between Portland Public Schools and its teachers, and it includes a change in policy as the way, in regards to the way that they uh, discipline these kids. The new policy uh, says this, and I'm quoting, the superintendent or designee shall review disciplinary disparities apparent by race, gender, LGBTQ plus ID, special education status, or other relevant categories with individual building leaders at least uh, annually and plan with them building level responses aimed at reducing disparities. This is according to Fox News. According to the agreement, the, the support plan must take into consideration the impact of issues related to the student's trauma, to their race, to their gender, to identity slash presentation. I'm not sure what that means. I think it means how they present their identity 
and their identity is most often in today's screwed up world. I think it's whatever they think they are or whatever they claim to be. In all of this menu, this smorgasbord of sexual identities now, LGBTQIA+, blah, blah, blah. Boy, we're killing a generation, and we're doing it with taxpayers' money. The agreement also says the district utilizes a research-based, research-based racial equality and social justice, restorative justice, and trauma-informed program to reduce exclusionary discipline practices. Reacting to this latest development on Fox's outnumbered is Rebecca Heinrichs. She's a mom of five. She said the policy is completely backward and that there's implied racism in it. Well, I would say it is very implied. I mean, you do not tell a child, she says, that because his or her skin color, because of his or her skin color, that they're going to get a lesser punishment because there's something about that that's driving them to skip school or something or whatever. She said it it really kind of takes away the dignity of the child and the choice in autonomy. That's exactly what it does. That is racist to the core, what they're doing under the banner of anti-racism. She said, I mean, you do not tell a child that because of the color of her skin that they're going to get a lesser punishment because there's something about them that's driving them to skip school or whatever. Absolutely true. There's implied racism in progressivism. Always, every single time. And this is one more of those incidents. You know that Kevin O'Leary guy? I don't know if you've seen that uh, Shark Tank on ABC. It's been going for years. It's a pretty successful, in fact, very successful show. A lot of people watch it. And uh, one of the guys that's been on there, I think from the beginning, this Kevin O'Leary, he's a bald guy, and he's, he's you know, very uh, kind of outspoken and and so on. But anyway, he, he uh, was talking to ABC, and th- this whole idea of school discipline and this whole thing came up, not necessarily about uh, Portland or Seattle, but just in general. But he was saying that, uh, he said, we're talking about punishing students when really parents, he said, who pay for the, paid the taxes to support this and pay teachers have never been asked this question. Why does a union not re- reward good teachers that advance in terms of metrics that they have to advance into to get into college, which is reading and math scores, and punish the ones that are no good at it? He said it's a cancer in our educational system. He was talking about how Teachers are treated within this union-run public education, so-called, system that we have. This Fox Fox host, Harris Faulkner, uh, they were talking about it on, on Fox, and she said that the paying teachers based on their performance was common sense, and yet they fight that. Of course, the union fights it every step of the way. It's actually practical. It makes sense. But unfortunately, these teachers unions and these kinds of policies are just rooted in virtue signaling. I mean, that's what it's all about. The disciplinary plan in Portland reveals to detail that what it means to be informed by racial equity and social justice. 
In the case of continuous disruptive student behavior, the plan authorizes the school to create a support plan for the student. If the student is continually disrupting the classes, they're going to create now a support plan for the student. I wish they would have had a quote-unquote support plan when I was about 14 and showing off in a classroom. They didn't have a support plan. They had, a, they had a, an action plan. We've lost our minds. This plan must take into consideration the impact of issues related to the student's trauma, race, gender identity, presentation, sexual orientation, disability, social emotional learning, and restorative justice as appropriate for the student. I'm quoting right from the new policy. Good luck, teachers. Boy, that's going to be tough. Furthermore, the document also requires that all staff submit to implicit bias, anti-racism, and culturally responsive practices training. It kind of appears that in the interest of racial and social equity, Portland Public Schools is ironically choosing to treat students differently on the basis of their skin color and their sex. The thing they claim to be standing against, they are embracing, advocating, and advancing. This contract is a watershed moment for Portland students, families, and educators, the Portland Teachers Association President Angela Bonilla said in a statement. Well, there's no question about that. These kinds of policies are watershed moments, but on which side of the great divide are they going down? I think it's on the wrong side for sure. Kirk Cameron is, you know, he's a great actor, and most of America knows Kirk Cameron. He's become very vocal about kids, and he's written some children's uh, books, and uh, he's been blocked from libraries. He's very well known. He attracts huge crowds to hear him read his books and and promote them in in doing so. And uh, he he was interviewed uh, this past week, and he said, He said that public school systems have become so bad that they're, I'm I'm quoting him, doing more for grooming for sexual chaos in the progressive left than any real educating about the things that most of us want to teach our kids. He has several, I think four or five children with he and his wife. In a video, he says that those who are rotting out the minds and souls of Americans' children are defending and spreading terminal disease, not education. He said the problem is that public school systems have become so bad, it's uh, it's sad to say they're doing more for grooming, for sexual chaos, the progressive left, than any uh, real educating about the things that most of us want to teach. The solution to the problem, he said, was for parents to take the lead of their children's education and teach them at home. He said to make the case, he um, he said he's putting a movie together, and it's called the Homeschool Awakening. His father, his grandmother, and his grandfather were public school teachers. But he's stressing that there are many excellent teachers in the United States, but he said the school system is holding them back from being a light in the darkness and to pass on the kinds of values and virtues that made this the freest, strongest, most prosperous nation in the whole world. 
That's true. A Seattle student reportedly failed a quiz after asserting a Seattle student, a kid, failed a quiz after asserting that men can't get pregnant. Tenth grade ethnic studies world history teacher at Chief Stealth uh, International High School failed the student who turned in an understanding gender versus sex assignment that did not align with the left-wing LGBTQ ideology. The student responded to the quiz by saying only women can become pregnant and only men have penises. And they failed him. I keep trying to wrap my head around how it's legal to teach inaccurate information and force students to answer because their beliefs are received negative scores. The student mother said she wanted to remain unnamed. She didn't want people coming after her because the left is violent. Students were tasked with answering a series of true and false multiple choice questions regarding pronouns, sexual orientation, reproductive anatomy, the outlet said. The uh, student reportedly marked question four, which was the statement, all men have penises as true. The student also reportedly marked question seven, the statement, only women can get pregnant. He marked that as true. The teacher claimed both answers were incorrect. The student's frustrated and angry, his mother says, but he was met with silence when he challenged it. When she complained to the school, according to the outlet, she reportedly expressed concern about political beliefs in the classroom, citing the gender identity issue as one of a number of of examples. The mother said the teachers called her son expletive, word I won't say on the air, and racist, and a product of patriarchy. She said he, he was told he shouldn't use the term straight to identify because it's offensive to others. Despite her son's failing grade, her mother said she is proud of him because he refused to answer against his beliefs, which are medically and scientifically accurate, or at least she said they used to be. The district reportedly, evidently, took a step back. They said the student's score on the inclusive quiz They will not factor that into his overall grade because of the dispute. But they did put out a statement. Seattle Public Schools, I'm quoting their statement now, to this mother and to all of the rest of you. Seattle Public Schools is dedicated to establishing inclusive environments that allow exploration of contemporary issues, specifically examining the impacts of power systems such as racism and patriarchy. This commitment extends to fostering, welcoming, and inclusive settings where students, staff, and families have the freedom to express their authentic selves. That is a bold-faced lie. Shame on Seattle Public Schools. They just got through taking on a kid. I don't know how old he is, but he's not very old. He's a 10th grader. Taking on this kid because this kid has certain beliefs. He believes women get pregnant and men don't. And he believes that men have certain anatomy and women don't have that anatomy. They won't allow him to have his beliefs. 
They just lie to parents. They lie to the public. And they spend billions of our dollars to groom and to mislead our children. This is the greatest crisis in America today. And there are a few people who are addressing it, but not enough. Thank God for Kirk Cameron. He's out there. He's doing it. He's put his acting career and all that on the line. I'm sure they're passing him up for a lot of gigs on movies and things. I know how that works. I've heard them talk about it, the conservatives and Christians in Hollywood. They just don't, they don't get the parts in the movies and so on. That's how they earn their living, but they're passed over because of their conservative and particularly evangelical Christian beliefs. But that's where we are today. That's what's happening in our nation. That's why when we, we talk about it here, I, I, our founding fathers understood so much the importance of the Bible. The Bible is the cornerstone of liberty. James Madison said that. He said, we staked our future on the ability to follow the Ten Commandments with all of our heart. He was talking about the founding of this nation. This nation was founded on our ability to know and understand and adapt the Bible teaching into our lives and into the life and the community of this nation. That's why we have been so blessed. That's why we have prospered so much. That's why God has blessed us beyond measure. We are the most blessed, the most prosperous, the freest nation on earth. And yet here we are, wasting like the prodigal son, wasting what God has given us, mocking God, mocking nature that God has created, mocking male and female that God created in his own image and his likeness. And we walk on, we slouch on toward Gomorrah, thinking we are wise, informed. Fauci is an example of that. I don't need the church. I'm not advocating that anyone needs the Catholic church, but I'm saying he says, I don't need the church. That's essentially what the president of the United States says. He said, oh, I'm a devout Catholic. And then he turns around, and as president of the United States, he enacts certain policies that stand totally against his church, that he's a devout follower of and a devout member of the Catholic church. There is no sense of rhyme or reason to the way we're living our lives in America today. That's one of the reasons that we... I mean, my part, I realize I'm not speaking to billions of people, but I'm speaking to you. And that's why I do this every day. I mean, I, I am passionate about this. I see what's happening to our country, and I see what it's doing to the heart of God. God has got to be grieved by the way that we are using the miracles, the blessings that he has given us as a nation. And we are stomping our feet on them. We are throwing them over the cliff. We are walking away from it while claiming to be a devout Catholic or a devout Methodist or whatever. We are miserably failing God. Is there hope? Absolutely. Jesus is calling and hearts are and will be changed. But we live in perilous times because people are rebelling against God and we see it in our political system, 
in our social system in America. Thank you for supporting this program. Without it, I would not be here. Thank you so much. And have a great day. And I'll see you right here tomorrow.